You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, there we go. But I just disagree for the clicks, God's sake. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Welcome back to the Different Knock podcast, episode number, don't really know, just a check-in really. 50-something, isn't it? 50-something with <laughs> Alexander Moneypenny and my very, 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 very good friend, Bradley Adams. Bum, bum, dum. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good, thanks, mate. Uh, good. Not a lot to report. I hit a new, I hit a new personal best. I hit a new personal best on my little run-in. I started oh, yeah. running every day. Yeah. I did a 26 minute 5k, which fucking killed me. That sounds good. I don't know. I have, I don't know much about running. I th- so... I'm pretty sure it's quite average. Okay. Like, I, but... so, wow. I'll, I'll add that a... in in post. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> really good. Brad, I want to call this episode into lols. So this better be funny. You okay. better bring, Interlols. better bring your okay. comedy a game. Cause that's, that's my, bring I've got a gags. title for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the title, and if it's not funny, and I call it into lols, we've got we've got a problem. Um, well, <laughs> listen, no football has been None. interesting. I've really missed it. Me too. It's so tragic. Like, I have, I watched, mate. I really have. Well, no, because I, I I've missed. I think it's also I've missed quality football as well because I watched the last yeah. forty five minutes of England versus Albania, and we were bother. fucking terrible. I didn't bother. What what was what were we like? What were we doing? We pl- we played two number sixes, two DMs against Albania. That's just all you need to know. Like we were just shit. Yeah. We were just like it was just de- and like we still won two nil. And people would be like, I'm being a bit dramatic, but like for the level of attacking quality that we have yeah. to play two number sixes and to only beat Albania, that has yeah. a- what's the population of Albania? Two point eight million people. 2.8 million people are in Albania and we couldn't even smack them for more than 2-0. Oh. I think it, it it was something like if you put the whole population of San Marino into Wembley Stadium, you still have like 60,000 free seats or something. It was like, yeah. <laughs> like come on. Like it's, yeah. I think it's... we've just got to hope that we do. It sounds ironic because I want England to do well as an Englishman. Um, but like I would prefer us to do really, really shit. Get fucked like get knocked out in the group stage at the Euros, then we can sack Southgate and just get somebody better in. Yeah, that might be a good plan. I mean, I, I mean, obviously I hope we do well, but it feels strange to be qualifying for the World Cup while we haven't even played Euros. And yeah, it's it's all weird. I'm going to watch the Poland game um, just because I feel like that might be the most competitive. Um, Lewandowski's yeah. out. He's injured. So Is he? Yeah. Oh shit. Knee well, ligament Voj- issues. So. Wojciech. Come on, mate. Big, big Wojciech. It's literally like the only other player I know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I've missed it. I've missed Arsenal. I have me really too, I think me too. going from like, you know, basically two games a week for however many months it's been to nothing feels strange. And there's not been much news. I mean, really, apart from sort of the Odegaard injury, um, that moment, Saka's not gone on, uh, not gone to the internationals, which is probably good. Um because yeah. even if he is injured, it's just it's just taking him off his feet and just letting him have a bit of a rest, which is really important. Um, even if he misses a game or two, I think it's I think it's worth it um yeah so no yeah there's not not really been much news uh so we just wanted to check in 
uh, see how you're all doing. You you can't re- you can't respond. Uh, but but uh, yeah, we're just going to do two little sections. I wanted to look at and make a list, Brad, of the different knock shopping list. If you and me were Edu and Arteta, he's literally got a notepad. If you and me were Edu and Arteta, what is our? I'm going to say first five priorities because to be honest, we probably could sit here and do one to eleven. <laughs> um, yeah, and I kind of want to pick a transfer target each For as each well. One because um, I think that'll be interesting so we need a shopping list we need to agree on a shopping list so there might be some compromises okay alright um, let's go and then the second part I want to look at uh, where we think we'll end at the end of the season so right let's do it Alex and Bradley go shopping Um. okay let's start from let's get a pool of kind of the positions we should be looking at and then we can kind of put them in a position so I'm thinking right sided centre back because I think that's uh, it, that's going to be in our top five, surely. If it is in the top five, it's going to be very low. Okay, I I have it quite because on the priority list. I just think that there are other things that are that are way more important to the way that we play football and the way that we want to play football moving forward. I know you uh, found it what did you say? It's difficult because the numbers have been altered for Premier League standard, which I do understand. But Tom Warville well, yeah. tweeted... Let's reference, let's yeah. reference what you're talking about. There's, there's, some, there's stats going around that are of William Saliba that aren't particularly favourable when it comes to certain defensive actions um, that have been... Adju- uh, that Alex has in front of him, he'll read them off, that has been adjusted for a Premier League standard. Yeah. So it came out yesterday and I think... It's, it's, so it's basically comparing him to other, like what percentile he's in uh, compared to other centre-backs in his position or, you know, kind of people of a similar ilk. Um, and it's some of these metrics have been adjusted for Premier League standard. But William Saliba, also to note he's playing at LCB, which is interesting. Um, his carrying dribble volume, obviously, he's in the 99th percentile. I, mean, we... I know why he's at LCB, though. He's at LCB because they have Jean-Claire Todibo who is a right-sided centre-back, who they own. Lovely pronunciation. Um, so, as in, like, if you have two players, one on loan and one that you own, yeah, and yeah. you both want to play right-centre-back, you're going to bed the side in yeah, that yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. to keep next season. That's fair, I'm that's pretty fair. sure they own him. Let me check that, because sure. I don't want to be chatting. Shit. Yeah, carrying... Not you, Brad. Uh, not, uh, basically... No, he's on loan. They're both on loan. That's really interesting. Okay. He's Because he's I, I knew he played for Barcelona, but I thought they'd sold him. No, they're both on loan. So again, that's interesting. Okay, maybe have, they have an option to buy. Who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, he's quite Stronger high on... effort on Saliba. Who knows? Quite high on ball recoveries and interceptions. Quite high on ball retention, link-up playing, carrying dribble. He's in the 99th percentile. But where it's interesting, really interesting to me, is his defensive stats. So again, aerial duels. This isn't adjusted for Premier League. He's uh, bottom 21. Defending impact, he's bottom 3%. Defending intensity, bottom 11%. And disrupting opposition moves, bottom 5%. Now, listen, How we ma- all know... Which one of those... Are all of those... Have all of those stats been adjusted or which ones have and haven't? Defending impact and defending in- intensity are both adjusted for Premier League. We all know that stats can be misleading. Of course they can. And you can kind of... I don't necessarily agree. I saw um, Rory on the kickoff say this, which I don't agree with. You can't make an argument for everything using stats. I don't think that's fair. But I think what you can do is sway opinions and use stats and manipulate them to to sort of further agendas. Though when I saw those, um, I have a I have a sense of from you know the little I've seen of Saliba that he is a prominent and dominant centre back who has a high impact and has a high intensity in terms of is aggressive and has a kind of um, has this sort of superpower of playing out from the back. So the superpower of playing out from the back is clear. His carrying dribble is unbelievable. He can get us up the pitch. He can move us that, you know, think of that high line that Liverpool play. He could maybe get us pushing towards that. But what's interesting to me is the lack of impact or the lack of defensive solidity there. You know, the aerial duels really worries me. Um, The disrupting oppositions really worries me. Like in the Premier League, he's just going to be taken apart. And... It's concerning. It's concerning because we we thought maybe he could be that really solid, dependable centre back. I think it's. Let me bring up his who scored actual stats per ninety because 
here's the issue that like I th- like I agree with you. I think that stats are very important in the modern game, bec- but they have to be um, in context. Apply in context, but applied with a sense of common, like with a with a little little bit of common sense. Like you have to understand stats for what they are, because at the end of the day, like we can see with Brighton at the moment, your XG doesn't matter if you never score it, but over the course of a season, it might even out and some low XG shots end up going in because you're creating such a volume of opportunities. I am very wary of this idea of adjusting things for uh, a Premier League standard because, for example, Tim Ream, who plays for Fulham, is fucking horrific. So you're adjusting to what standard? To the standard of the best in the league and what they're at or the standard of the worst in the league? What, what What is your almost barometer for adjusting stats, firstly? And then secondly, I think that it it's almost unfair to compare these stats, to, to, to state these stats and not compare them to see who they come up against, almost. Mm. Because you have to do a side-by-side of, is he currently better, for example, than David Luiz, both defensively and at bringing the ball out from the back? Because if we're looking at a right-sided centre-back, David Luiz is the one we're replacing. Now, at the, from from these stats, he might be better at bringing the ball out of the back than David and might be better defensively. But unless we compare them, we can't tell. Well, should we have a look? So, let's have a look. Yeah. Let's, I don't know if you can get the same square circle thingy with the things in. for. But th- And this is the issue. This is why then taking the numbers away from and adjusting them isn't helpful because then when you go to compare them to an actual player, you're not seeing actual number for number. But for example, his defensive uh, stats, uh, just shy of one tackle per game, 1.6 interceptions, uh, shy of a foul a game. Is that uh, or 0.7 f- uh, f- offside one per game, 1.1 blocks, 4.6 clearances. His passing, uh, he's got an, uh, about 70 passes a match with a 90% accuracy and four and a half long balls. He only dribbles 0.7 times a game. So he's good at bringing the ball out, but he only ever goes on like a, a dribbling run very rarely. Um, So I just, I don't know whether this is particularly misleading. He also wins 1.8 aerial duels per match. And then if I look at um, David, let me just bring up David Luiz's stats. And one one thing you have to remember is the guy's what, 21? David Luiz is 33. Mm -hmm. So defensively, he's got 0.6 tackles, which is less. 0.8 interceptions, which is less. Uh, he commits uh, 0.8 fouls, so a bit less, but catches people offside less, so only 0.2. Less clearances at 2.5. Um, less blocks at 0.5. Uh, more shots at 0.9. The same key passes at 0.3. He... His passing has a he passes less with a with a worse pass accuracy, with only three point four long balls a game, and then I'm trying to find the dribble numbers, and dribbles zero point six times a game. So defensively and offensively, if you just look at the per game stats, he's putting in numbers better than David Luiz. Yes, it's in a poorer league, but this is also a. I think there is obviously. A bit of a, I don't want to say it's, um, what's the word that you, uh, you used once? I don't want to say it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of snobbery around certain other leagues. Leon got to a Champions League semi-final last season. PSG got to the final. Um, you know, some of the best players in the world that we've ever seen have come out of France. France have just won the World Cup. That like the last international tournament, it is it is a league that ha- that is full of individual talent. The only reason that the Premier League is the best league in the world is the money and the coaching. Uh, that's it. I, yeah, yeah, yes, agree agree with that last point. I think the the point being though is is ultimately that we're both saying really is it's really difficult to compare. I mean, like I'm looking at like Tosin Adarabayo's 
stats for uh, Fulham and they're comparable you know they're you know they look better he has more clearances well that's because Fulham soak up pressure it's so hard to compare exactly. across leagues across teams across all those sorts of things I think one thing I would say is Saliba deserves a chance like I think 100% he deserves 100%. a chance considering firstly how much money we spent on him and secondly you know he he's highly rated and highly touted he's in the France international and been, he's been lauded for some of yeah. his performances against teams like PSG this season Absolutely. against teams and, and, and comparable like he's not yeah I think it's really difficult I mean I, I'm up for putting centre back on there because just for me personally it's a huge gamble if we don't give David Luiz a new deal um, well not a huge gamble it's not a huge gamble it's it's a gamble because um, if we don't give David Luiz a new deal which I I don't know hope if we Rob, don't if I Rob Holdings there and Chambers is there we're still at a certain quality level and we could still see the the detriment of that, whereas Saliba <clears throat> could come in and he could be immense and perf- um, perform incredibly, form a great partnership with Gabriel, of course. I'm just concerned that if we we will still have a problem there at RCB if Saliba doesn't deliver. Does that make sense? So it's put, 100%. It's, it's I think he could come him. in and, yeah, he could also come in and do well, but still need a bit more time to get up for things, which yeah. is why I think it, it goes on the list. I just don't think it's number one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's like number four, number five, sure. because I think once you start talking about, I think Chambers' place is at right back from now on, almost like working as that auxiliary third centre-back. Um, or I not. I just don't think, <laughs> or, or, or or not, you know, because he, against um, West Ham, he was absolutely bombing down that channel and whipping balls in and was phenomenal. Um, I, w- I want Saliba given a chance and I see what you're saying. I just think it it almost determines the profile of player that we go after. Yeah, yeah. It, we should keep Rob Holding as a kind of floating fourth, fifth choice centre-back, have Saliba be the second choice right centre-back and go out and sign somebody who's kind of 29 in his prime to come in for a few years, bed Saliba in, and then we move forward mm. with Saliba as the right centre-back option. You almost, the issue is, yeah. is we've missed the opportunity to bed him in under David Luiz by sending him out on loan. I don't think David Luiz is the best person to bed him in under because I think he's absolutely shite. But getting somebody in for two seasons at that RCB, I, I agree, wouldn't be a bad idea. I just think that if, for example we get a right centre-back, but we don't get a right-back, or we get a right centre-back and we don't get a different profile of striker, Yeah, that will hurt our game more than the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I understand. There's priorities here, and I think that's where we should make the list. Um, Yeah. And also, maybe someone doesn't want to be bedded in by David Luiz. Um, So, uh, in many different ways. Um, So, (laughs) uh, okay, let's stick RCB on the list. We'll see where it comes. It might not even make the top five, but here we go. Um, Centre forward. Yes, 100%. I don't think there's any debate. Centre forward. We'll come back to that. Um, I've got central attacking midfielder. Yeah. Or another attacking midfield option. Uh, agreed, agreed. Um, cool. Because I think we're obviously taking it almost for granted that we've now got Erdegaard and we're like, yeah, he's like, there's obviously news yeah. coming out that he might stay, but that's still a move in the summer window. So I think sure. it definitely has to go on there. And I'm I'm going to stick my neck out here and say my number one option for Cam is, is Erdegaard. Oh, because agreed, yeah. To, to bed someone in, I mean, firstly, as we've spoken about many times, he's, he's, he's the perfect profile um, leadership wise where he sits in that right half space, like just absolutely perfect for us. Um, and secondly, it's really difficult to know because you, we've had reports and stuff about, you know, whether he's going to stay and, um, you know, whether he wants to stay and all that sort of, and that's, and that's really difficult. And I think those things are discussions to be had. What I would say is reports coming out of Spain saying what Erdogan wants to do, I believe less because I'm going, if, if you're his, a contact in Spain, you're going to be getting less fresh information than someone in England or in Norway around him right now. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And these sorts of and things... And also there are certain publications in Spain, in Italy, you're thinking about like Marca and other things that are, again, like I've, said and... about, like I've said about David Ornstein sometimes when it comes to Arsenal, they are mouthpieces for the club. They yeah, are yeah, 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 specifically yeah. fed certain bits of information yeah. to either create unrest or to 
um, to, to feed a story. So, and also, it could be a case of that they're protecting their asset because they're going, we actually, to be honest, maybe we don't want him. But if we say we don't want him, knocks 10 mil off the price tag. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'm sure they'll be saying they want him until... until. It's also a really good thing that option. their form is picking up. You know, their yeah, yeah, form's yeah. been picking up recently under Zidane. They've got a tough draw in Liverpool uh, for the next round of the Champions League. But with no fans at Anfield, Liverpool's still missing Van Dijk and a few other key players. You could definitely see Madrid going through. So... yeah. For sure. If they pick up and they do well come the back end of the season and Zidane keeps his job, which was one of the big things that caused Erdegaard to move in the first place, him being in charge next season would be a big plus to us yeah. being able to sign 100%. him almost. 100%. Okay. Tack midfield, definitely on there. We'll figure out where in a minute. And Erdegaard, you happy with him as your kind of first yeah, primary he's target? Yeah, he's 100% the yeah. person that I want. He's I think the man. after a half a season betting in, he fits the profile that we need for an attacking midfielder perfectly floating out, like you say, to that right half space. He'll have already found property. He's already built relationships. He's already worked in under the manager. You know, one thing that is always an issue when you get a new player is you do have to bed them in. We've seen mm. some of the best players in the world come in and not make the most auspicious of starts in what is considered the toughest league in the world. So having yep. somebody who's already got six months of experience is a massive leg up on what we can do next season. 100%. Um, okay. Back up left back. Yeah. That, Maybe that not. Go on my list. It's something, you know, it's something we need to look at. Um, I'm not sure in terms of where it would go. Like, I think it's, it's one of them kind of squad building conversations that's really difficult because it's more of a necessity and a kind of, it's not the kind of signing that you love and you go, oh my God, you know, let's, let's sign, you know, the best left back in the world, you know, it's it's not it's not going to be a marquee signing because we've got Tierney there, but it's the sort of signing that we need and is important and helps you get through a season and helps you be able to compete on all fronts. I think not having, you know, Cedric does does a job there and he's fine. Um, I think having a young, up and coming, potentially teenage, or even promoting from within, there might be something there. But I think just not having that left sided player who can take the pressure off Tierney a little bit um I think just ha Cedric's fine but we need a left footer on that side um and yeah I understand agreed. him as an option it's it's fine as a little stopgap but having someone who can push Tierney as well because listen I don't think Tierney needs much pushing but if we want if we we all see the potential of Tierney and if this guy is going to be half as good as we think he is it might be even better if we bring in a say a, a young hungry 18 19 year old who wants to come in I'm thinking of uh uh, Josh God I'm going to butcher this guy's name I've got two targets in mind Josh Doig that's his name um, you know we bring in someone like Josh Doig from Hibernian we bring in someone um, there's another there's another couple of targets which I'm sure when you remind me I've literally read an article about this earlier um, there's an another couple of targets that are, that are really interesting to, uh, you know and interesting options but I think bringing in a young hungry uh, player there is is really important because, and again, it's not or a somebody business. like Cedric in the sense that he's come in as a twenty seven year old, twenty eight year old to push the player currently at right back to because the thing is is uh, I I have because um, I'm uh, the thing is right I play football manager enough and I I, I <laughs> like I do this in my head enough like genuinely when I watch Arsenal when I think about Arsenal half the time I'm thinking about where can we improve. So I've already got like a, a laundry list of certain targets in certain positions, which is very strange. But like, so you could go for somebody like Cedric, who's 27, 28, and I have a target that fits that mould, or somebody who is 18, 19. It just depends what kind of effect you want. But I don't I think, think Kieran Tierney needs motivating. I don't think he needs... He, Bellerin is the kind of player that needs somebody riding up his ass to keep mm. his levels up. I don't think Tierney's that character. So yeah. I think you can afford to get somebody... A lot of arse and bedding is... in in this episode, Brad. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of innuendo. Um, you could get somebody who is 18, 19, who that okay, maybe when Tierney is 27, 28, mm. this guy is 24 to 26. And then you can either sell him... Yeah. Or if he's like 
if he's oh kind of like overgrown Tierney, if he's outperforming Tierney, he becomes the starter. So it but it all def- depends what kind of affectation you want for it. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but it's it's. It... It's squad building because again, and like every time someone mentions and you just when when we're talking about the right centre back, like a a twenty nine year old, I just immediately think of Socrates and how we lost out on that. And I just but think it's the right twenty nine year old. Yeah, 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 and I think the thing is, is we bought Socrates to go. This solves our centre back issue. Whereas I think some of these moves, like if we were to buy, I'm trying to think of like a twenty nine year old centre back, but like if we were to buy. Uh, Rudiger from Chelsea just because we love mm. Chelsea players we would buy it with the intention of buying him keeping him for two seasons betting in our young up-and-coming French right centre-back and then moving him on and being ruthless with it just being like you are yeah. here for two seasons don't fuck up whilst we get this other guy ready and then we just move him on I think yeah. that is and there's a lot of moves like this where it's almost like because we can only talk in them perfect world scenarios Mm. yeah I guess I'm kind of looking back and just not wanting us to be Chelsea's retirement home again oh just, of course 100% I guess the the thing with it is if I'm not against an experienced option as long as we are ruthless and that's the thing and I just think from a business perspective it's much easier to shift a 21 22 year old left back who's had three years of backup experience to Tierney than it is to shift a 32 33 year old who hasn't who yeah. hasn't taken Tierney and it's but, it's you pay about the same amount of money so I just think and it's, that's why contract management is important and, exactly and all exactly. of these things and it's you know? it's really important so yeah I, I I'd, I'd opt for the younger option and also because we've got a lot of experience in the squad at the moment like I don't think we're we're lacking age particularly or um a, a kind of experience but I think what we are lacking is smart business and what we are lacking is kind of players who are growing into um especially at the back players who who are growing into their position apart from Tierney and 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 Saliba obviously who was out on loan so it's yeah it's it's uh it's a it's an interesting one um and we'll have to we'll have to look at it but yeah i think i definitely think left back is is on there um, i have one that i on. don't think a lot of people have thought of backup goalkeeper permanent signing absolutely matt, vital matt ryan i've got that i've got that yeah. matt ryan okay good yeah we, i and think that's not? just yeah, you, we just need to make him a permanent now. It's simple. He's a he's a, a, a boyhood Arsenal fan. Year left on his contract. He was absolutely fine against Villa. You know, he didn't change the world, but we don't need that. We don't need him and to, no. Ultimately, when if you're in that position, if you're being essentially outcast at Brighton and you can get a, a move to play cup games and all sorts of stuff at, the, at your boyhood club, of course you're going to do that. Really simple and business. And he'll be on great money as well. Of course as in like. Of course he will. Yeah, yeah really simple business. I think yeah. that just needs to be done. Yeah, I think certainly Erdogan and Ryan, um, I know it's easy because they're there, but equally it's easy because they're there. So do it. So like, do it's, it. It's yeah. simple <laughs> and they're there and they, you know, they're part of the squad already. They've got homes in London. They know the training ground. They know the club. They know what the expectations are. They know how we play. Why make it work for yourself if something's working? So I think it really works. Um, Centre midfield then. Yeah. Um, we need someone to partner party and i i'm we need to move on from the jacket era because like you've said many times jacket is a diesel engine that needs to play to be at peak level and jacket's peak level isn't good enough to start for this for this club so Mm. yeah while he's been brilliant in spells it is time to move on from that era and we need to get somebody in in that area and move him out and then have Party, the new guy we sign, El Nenny, Miguel Aziz, and somebody else. You yeah, know, we we need to freshen I also, that. I up. also think midfield is somewhere where we we would re- will really feel the difference. I think I think yeah. it's also like oh, God, yeah. there's always a lot of chat about you know like attacking midfield or strikers or centre backs and stuff, and those are really important positions. But also, I mean, as all positions are, but like I think as well as those positions being important, of course, I think sometimes your biggest impact can come from really upgrading in a position that feels less important, like a right back, like a partner for party. And I understand that, you know, as Arsenal fans, we've known that that position's a problem for a long time, but I doubt many people are going, we need a new right back as a, a point of priority. What I would say is, and the reason I'm sticking right back on there, is I think the difference we would yeah. feel is huge. 
because the and 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 I think the difference in the final third, the difference in terms of unlocking other players, if you want to call it that. But I think sometimes we look for well, we've got to change the spine of the team. The spine of the team is the problem, and it's you know it's the goalkeeper, it's the centre back, it's the it's the cam, it's the striker. And I think sometimes we overlook those positions which feel maybe okay, you know, they can wait till next summer or whatever. I think replacing that right back position would make a huge difference. I mean, think about how Tierney works. If we can get someone who can slot in as that auxiliary centre back, it gives Tierney even more um more license, or we get someone who can go forward and we can attack on both flanks and we can create those triangles and create those positions. They're so important. And as much as, you know, I think we need to replace Shaka. I completely agree. We need someone more agile in there. I'd put right back over that, as much as that might sound as, I don't know, maybe maybe stupid or whatever. I think the I think both are on the, the list. It, it, it's just, uh, it'll, they're both right back and central mid are on the list. I think, again, it just becomes a question of what goes where and who goes where. For right back, I'm sticking Nordi Mukieli. Because yeah, I think in I'm, terms of size... Um, I don't know his contract situation, but I, in terms of his size, he plays at right centre back as well for um, for Leipzig, uh, Leipzig Champions yeah. League experience, really good age profile, young, hungry, um, and physically, yeah, he's really, really dominant. So, some, uh, not not an option that we have, but also quite quick and decent attacking numbers. Um, and I think we can play. You know that can be improved on. He can bomb forward. Uh, Lamptey is up there for me. I worry about his physicality, and I think in a team. Although I think he, obviously his turn of pace is great. I think if you just sit off him, there's not a lot he can do. So, and I don't want another right back who's a one-trick pony like Bellerin was, because what happens if that, that speed goes? Lamptey's decent technically, of course, but one big injury and his his superpower's gone. And then you're left with a small, technically okay centre-back, uh, so right-back. And that's, you know, he's serviceable, but Mukieli's all-round game has... Um, has more to offer us, I feel, and can give us more options. So Mukiele is my option. Um, where are you at on right backs? Mukiele, I think for me, again, if we're going to also put it, it ooh, I think squad building is always right. difficult because it depends on on certain players' positions moving forward. If we keep Saka on that right wing, for example, and that's his permanent position, Mukieli is perfect for me because yeah, he attacks. He does. He does attack, but it's more physical dominance. It's more defensive presence, and it's more solidity within that right hand yeah. side. And it allows Tierney to be the most aggressive. He can be on that left mm-hmm. left hand side. You know, so I, I'm happy with I'm happy with Mukieli in there. I wanted to disagree more on this, Brad. I wanted to label this two Arsenal fans fight over transfer list that they don't have any impact over. Um, <laughs> centre mid, we've spoken about it before, Basuma. He works yeah. on that left-hand side. He's Premier League proven. Again, great age profile. Hopefully Brighton go down, so it might be an option. But I think you know he's been fantastic this season. All his numbers, all his stats point to him being a really, really good partner for, Sal- uh, for Saliba. Fucking hell. Got him in my brain. Uh, for party. Um, so yeah, Basuma there. Um, we let's come back to. You said you had some options for left back. I have one suggestion, maybe for the central midfielder as well. Um, guy called Frank Kessie for um from Milan for Milan. I thought he was great against United. I don't think he profiles. Pati- I don't know if he he would be more of like a physically dominant presence within that yeah. CM, allowing party to focus on the progression and focus on moving the ball forward yeah i don't know i uh, maybe we would lose a little bit on that left hand side by not having i don't i've I've not really looked into his stats but also contractually his contract ends in 2022 so come the Mm. end of the season he'll only have a year left on his deal yeah Uh, and i just think having you know, in 27 Serie A games this season, he's got nine goals, four assists. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So he, he is a goal threat, can occasionally create, but his physicality and he has been known to play at the base of um, a three would be okay. would be good for me because I just think if we wanted to say go to a 4-3-3 like we did when we had Erdegaard and uh, Smith-Rowe play those attacking eight roles... Mm-hmm 
having somebody who's got a bit more experience in that defensive midfield role and is a bit more defensively minded might be good for us moving forward. Yeah, maybe. And also, I've been thinking about this recently. <laughs> Just, you know, whiling the day away, thinking about Arsenal's midfield. The <sighs> party, as much as we see, I think his physical profile slightly alters people's perception of him. He's of not he this... He's no. not this, and I, I, I'm so careful of using because I think it's um, Aaron Reed who's doing um, read the game is doing a, a whole um, uh, dissertation on this about like uh, racial power time, and like pace ha- and racial stereotyping yes, within yes, 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 yes. L- language. Yeah, around around footballers, and I think you party when you look at him because of his height, because of his width, because of his um, sort of aura on the pitch. I'm trying to use every word apart from power and pace. Um, if you, you know, if you look at that, there is a idea that he becomes this sort of uh, sits there, destroys the game, breaks it up, and plays it forward. That's not quite what Party does. And if you no. if you watch him in the game, he is someone. He's elegant. He's he's a gloriously elegant football player, and he he can you know glide past players and move that ball. I mean, watch that West Ham game. The amount of breaking the lines he does is incredible. He's a, he's really a deep line playmaker, to be honest. If you if you're going to put him in a box, yeah. So I wonder whether a more physical presence next to him, because would be that would good. be would be Sweet good. Up. I don't know, but also, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I like Pesuma purely because he's proved to, it in the Premier League. Um, I think we need to be smart though about moves that we can take advantage of that would be good for us. Like Basuma yeah. would be great because he, of course he's proved it in the Premier League. He's also English, yeah. so it'd be home homegrown contingent. But Basuma's English. I thought he was registered uh no, he's he's not. He's from Mali. I thought he'd re- I thought it was the same as Lamti. I thought he'd registered for the has he played he's got citizenship for the Ivory Ivory Coast and Mali. Has he? The thing is, is, it, is I know it's has weird. Has he been here long has enough he played, to? No, like, he was in Lille. G- was he? Oh, yeah, and he's played. Completely... He's played for the Mali national team. You're chatting absolutely. Oh, waffle, okay, bro. I'm chatting absolute, absolute waffle. Wham. Um, Pure waffle. But his contract, for example, has two years at the end, and he's proved it in the Premier League, and he is two years younger. So, and he's called Eves Basuma, which is just the best name ever. I know. So I, I, I do th- like, I, it depends Frank on what Kessie's deal would be. It is. It is. It just depends what deal would be better. A year left on his contract in Italy. Uh, we know that the financial implications of coronavirus on certain clubs has been gargantuan and maybe being able to prize somebody like Frank Kessie, who has performed brilliantly at European level out of AC Milan I think Basuma, because of the Premier League tax, yeah. cost upwards of kind of 40, 50 million pounds. Whereas with one year left on his deal, if we went to AC Milan and said, here's 30 million pounds, would that deal get done? Maybe. So, and I, while I don't know if they profile similarly or who has the better potential moving forward, I just think that Kessie might be a deal where we could exploit a situation better. And we might see that, you know, Edu has been pretty good recently exploiting the kind of Erdegaard and Matt Ryan situation. Who knows? I think I'm interested in putting down our primary targets. I think Kessie's an option, 100%. Um, and having seen him, in, I think he scored a goal against uh, United in the in the Europa League. He, you know, he's a decent he got, player. He got, he got ruled out. It was an absolute oh, thunder strike, but it got ruled it out. Um, I'm sticking Basuma down, purely for the Premier right. League experience right. and purely because I just want to be difficult, Brad. Um, left back. No, I, I'll accept that because I, I, I understand. I get what you're saying. Sure, sure, sure. Left back, I have Josh Doig from Hibernian, who looks decent. Kind of not, not you know, it's, it's very easy to go. Oh, he's Scottish, so he's like a he's like a younger Tierney. He's not that sort of player, but he's useful. Um, have you got any options? Uh, I have two options as um, a more uh, as an older profile, more in the Cedric vein. Uh, I messaged you about him. I've got Jordan Amavi from Marseille. Uh, to compare him to Kieran Tierney, for example, defensively, the Tierney puts in more tackles. Amavi has more interceptions. They've got 
uh, Amavi puts in less clearances, it would again be the situation of bringing somebody in who's got a bit more experience or a bit more, who who's a bit older, who could um, push Tierney, but maybe not start. Mm. And then uh, as a younger option, I've got a guy who I love on Football Manager um, called Noah Katterbach from Cologne, who's 19 um, only got about 900 minutes, but seems okay, especially in a team that, you know, isn't exactly raising the roof in the yeah. Bundesliga and would be of that younger age profile. And he seems like he's highly thought of. So would be of that age profile to come in, develop, grow. And maybe if he develops phenomenally, could usurp Tierney. If he doesn't, we sell him for 30 million. You know, it's just good business. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah. I okay. think we go for the younger vein and maybe just put young L- LB. Young left back. Yeah, I don't have massive opinions on it. I've watched a bit of Josh Doyle. He looks decent, but it's mainly because of his age. Like he isn't, he looks like a standard left back. He's solid, but he's playing beyond his years. He's 19. So, yeah. Um, he's got, you know, comparable stats to like decent players in the league. Um, okay, let's just put young LB, which is very specific, isn't it? Uh, before we come on to the centre forward conversation, let's return to the right centre back. I know you're not crazy about that, but who would you be looking at to kind of fill that void? I think this is one again where we've got a we've got to take advantage of situations around mm. us because it's not we're not i don't think i i hope not but i hope we i hope saliba is the future but we need to be looking at um let me just get this up road shout looking at road I've, shout. I've got Go i've got a couple of shouts as well but i think we need to be looking at a situation we can exploit rather than chucking 30 million pound mm. down but you go for it mate so ibrahim Konate signing for liverpool right uh, they're interested in him, yeah. Ornstein saying it's 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 in the process. Ozan Kabak signing for Liverpool. Joe Gomez, where does he go? Nowhere, I don't think. Because I'm interested. Because I think he's got a really good profile, and he's 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 used to playing that high line. He's used to he's kind of okay, a little bit been in Virgil's shadow. I mean, someone like John Stones last summer would have been perfect. Someone like oh, God, Eric, yeah. Eric Garcia. What I'm trying to say is using that kind of taking the... Even Stones, even Stones this summer would be perfect because he's only got a year left on his deal. And if he Listen. wants to leave City, because if you're looking at it, realistically, Stones is not better than Diaz or I'm Eric Laporte. Yeah. There will come a time where it becomes Diaz and I'm Eric Laporte, right footer, left footer, and Stones is the third option. Mm. He might not want, especially because he's already won a couple of Premier Leagues. If they win the Champions League this season, he might not want to stay at a club. He might want to become be a, a man third somewhere choice. else. And if he's, if he's, if say for example, City win the Champions League this season, John Stones is looking at it. He's got, I've got a year left on my deal. It's the perfect opportunity to get yeah, out uh, yeah. because I can be bought for a decent fee. And. You know, he's 26, turning 27, good mm. age profile, mm. would allow kind of a good couple of years of progression for Saliba on that right-hand side. Yep. If it's a deal that could be done, I would bite your hand off to get Stones out of there. If Brighton go down, I don't think Lewis Dunk is a bad shout. Yeah, Lewis Dunk is right that kind of back. older option, maybe. Not he's, old. But, he's, more, he's definitely older. He's 29, so he is of that. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that's the worst move. No. I like your idea about Gomez, but I do think that with Virgil being how old is Virgil? Is he in his thirties? He's. I think he's nearly thirty. But I think Virgil will be there for a couple more years. I think Liverpool have a kind of Virgil obsession. Like I don't think they're going to. I know. Him. But, but the thing. So his contract ends in twenty twenty three. He is turning thirty this year. Yeah. He's coming off of the worst injury you can get in football. If we're talking about this summer, I don't think they sell him because I don't think they've got... I think you're you're looking at Kanate, who's got uh, injury worries, you know, previously been quite injury prone. Kabak, who's had six months there, so will at least be slightly bedded in. So you need a, a kind of centre-back to partner him. And I think that's Gomez until Van Dijk gets back to the level that he is. So... I just I I think if you're looking at for example 
Stones versus Gomez. I think Stones is the one that there is almost a plausible future that you could see this happening through. Yeah, I just, I suppose what I'm saying is, and maybe it's another young left back kind of option. I think take advantage of a situation. I think, you know, someone... I I just don't think there's a situation to take advantage of. Where's Ramos going this summer? Uh, Apparently PSG, but Ramos is 36. Like... Is he? That's that, I think he's uh, yeah. Ramos is like thirty. Ramos. This is just turned to the Brad Google's things episode. <laughs> he is. When is I bet he's thirty-five. He is thirty-five, and he turns yeah. thirty-six. <laughs> Wait, no, I think he turns thirty-six. Wait, is he thirty-five today or is he thirty-six today? His birthday is today. This Happy is great birthday, content, Sergio Ramos. Um, is his birthday today? It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, so Sergio I, I, Ramos. That's Happy so birthday, funny. Ramos. Ramos. Yeah. Um, so, but but also, you know, but what I'm, he's I thirty-five. What I'm saying that's is, old, and he would command big, big wages. Sure, 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 sure. But like, and Just this is kind something. of off the top of my head a little bit, right? But like, I think taking advantage of a situation such as the way Chelsea did last summer with Thiago Silva, taking advantage of a situation like Sergio Ramos. Where's PK going? I'm not suggesting we're going to get these players, but there's got I've had a to be. Mate. Oh. My mum's just bought me a bacon sandwich and a cup of coffee. Oh, what a legend. What uh, a legend. This is great content, this. Um, the But, you know, listen. Primo te- shit. <laughs> um, this is what we get paid the zero bucks for, Brad. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the point being, there's oh. got to be a situation we can take advantage of at a big club. There's a lot of yeah. players. I'm, I'm, I'm not being like, we're going to get Varane, but... Where's Varane going? There's going to be a lot of movement. In he terms wants, of well, again, Varane is, is somebody that... David Alaba, yeah. like there's lots of players at centre. And I think right centre-back might be one of those situations where we we look for a, like the Alexis Sanchez deal, like just sort of came out and came out of the blue and we were, we were the, or, the, or the Ozil deal. Like I think there could be a, a real option here to kind of keep our eyes open. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot yeah. of movement. And I think it, it, it just depends as to who we're talking about because... There were, like Varane, it's already been spoken about that he wants to leave, he wants to move on. He's been there for a long time and has won everything you can win in football. So he probably feels like he wants a new challenge. He won't come to Arsenal for that challenge. But hey. you want, it's almost, you, no, no, no. But to make the point on it, you want to look for that domino effect yeah, in yeah, that yeah. when we sold Giroud to Chelsea, it meant that Chelsea could loan Batshuayi to Dortmund. So it meant that Dortmund could sell us a Bamiyang. Yeah. We lost Giroud who I think was a great servant for the club. And it was a shame to lose him because he was a great substitute. But we made that loss to get Aubameyang. Fine. We need to be one of those clubs in yeah. certain ripple effects and certain domino effects, which is why, you know, City losing Eric Garcia, I think they'll look to bring in another centre-back. And if come the end of this season, it's more Diaz and Laporte, mm. and then they've got this young centre-back in that might be a situation we can exploit. For I just sure. think with the Virgil injury, I don't know how much of a situation there will be to exploit yeah, him for because that all depends on his recovery. But again, you know, Leipzig losing a centre-back, what does that mean? You know, where do they get one from? It, I think there's going to be a lot of movement, so we, we will see yeah. on that one. Uh, centre-forward, um, there's a few names kind of going around. Obviously, Patson Dacca, there's Andre Silva... Um, I'm interested a in... A lot of different profiles as well. It's strange. Yeah. I'm interested in Odson Edward as well. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of in the Scottish league, but, you know... Tierney. Celtic this season have you know, obviously been pretty bad, but he got 19 goals in 31 matches, which is decent. I think we need a profile. It, it, I think this, again, what's, what's difficult about, like, picking... I think with, like, you know, centre midfielders, it's very, very clear what we need. But with the striker, it kind of depends what happens with uh, with Aubameyang with with Lacazette with because for example I think we can pro- I think Lacazette's gone we would have Maybe, we would have heard about a new but, we would because he's only got a year left on his deal we would have heard about a contract but we're just, in we're, we've end, like we're at the end of March sure but, but I think there would have been movement maybe maybe I'm not so convinced I think um if we think for example if Aubameyang goes we'll get a striker in his kind of ilk a pacey forward if Lacazette I goes we we also might be able to get we, we might be looking for someone who can kind of do a bit more hold up play link up play a bit of a stronger more kind of technical footballer in that position 
Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting. But I think this whole this any transfer target, which is why I don't really want to put like a specific one on the centre forward. I think it all depends on. I mean, obviously, I have people. I fucking love Haaland. Do you know what I mean? But we're not going to get him, mate. Calvert Lewin, yeah, yeah, um, love Calvert Lewin. But the point being that unless I think it really depends. If I'm Arteta and Edu, and I'm playing Football Manager, and we're in an alternate reality, I'd sell them both to get a big one. And yeah. um and keep Martinelli as the backup and get get what mm-hmm. you want rather than having two sums of parts who are both aging. Um, but listen, it may well be that you know who know. I mean, who knows? This is what I'm trying to say. I think that I don't agree in what you're saying. That if, for example, I think if we sold a Bamiyang this summer and kept Lacazette and gave Lacazette a contract extension, I don't think we'd buy a player in the exact profile of a Bamiyang because I don't think that's how we're looking to play moving forward. I think we're looking to no, play not the same profile, but centra- someone no, but quick. Somebody who sits more centrally. Yeah, probably someone quick. But I think we need someone quick anyway that do- that has good hold-up play. So I think we'll see a change in profile when mm. it comes to the striker that we have moving forward. Yeah. Who that is, again, it just depends what happens this summer. I think that we would have heard rumblings of a new deal for Lacazette, like we've heard rumblings of an apparent new deal for Louise that we heard a few weeks ago that hopefully turn out to not be true if yep. there was going to be a new deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because we're two months away from the end of the season. I just So I think Lacazette will be the one to go this season and I think we'll bring somebody in who fits that centre-forward role a bit more. Okay, it's come to the point who where we have to make our list. We have okay. to. We've the, the the talking's over. We're in Sainsbury's. The footballers are on the shelves. Mikel, Who are we going for first? Mikel's there in his little coat. So we've got right centre back, centre forward, attacking midfield, central midfield, right back, left back, and a goalkeeper, a backup goalkeeper. I personally think number one for me is a central midfielder. I think that would make the most amount of difference to the way we play on the field and the control we have over games. It takes out the seven errors that Jack has committed since he came to the to the league, leading to leading to goals. Uh, someone agile helps everyone um, and covers a multitude of sins. So for me, number one is central midfield. What, what are you thinking? We have to agree, by the way. Um, I actually would agree with you. Oh, there we go. I, no, no, no. And I think this is the sake. one. This is the one area I think we'll agree. Um, because I think if you took Erdegaard out, that would be really sad because we'd lose a very, very gifted technical player. But we have Smith Rowe, who okay might not be as good as Erdegaard, but can still fill that void. Yeah, and we can play somebody else out and on we'll the improve. left or wherever we were playing. Yeah. So I, I do. Whereas I, I think. Getting somebody in, in in place of Jacka drastically improves the team. Just yeah. like I think if we sold Bellerin this summer and didn't sign a right back and persisted with Cedric and Chambers, yeah. it wouldn't be the worst idea if it was to fund other moves. I still think it's important to get a long-term right back moving forward. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that it's vital that we sort out the centre of the park first. Get that spine healthy. Someone who can play on the half turn. Someone who can play on the yeah. half turn, please, and help with build up because Xhaka has one ball and we know where it's going. And it's fine and it works and it's great. And, you know, he does do a bit of defensive stuff, but yeah. Um, my second top priority is an attacking midfield player. Okay. That would not be mine. What would be yours? Mine would be center forward mine would be replacing Lacazette with somebody who can run and kick a ball but we do but in that position we have Lacazette we have we have Aubameyang we have Martinelli I I appreciate that none of those are perfect options but attacking midfield we literally have Erdegaard and Smith-Rowe and if Erdegaard goes I know but for example, we've seen at a few points this season us transition to a four-three-three. I I do th- and I, I do just think that not having a profile of striker, I think these two are probably quite interchangeable as to whether they're second or third, as to whether you go attacking midfielder first or centre forward first. I think they both have to get done in the summer. I like I think whether you talk about in wh- what order they should be signed in, I think. 
the, these first three moves have to get done in the summer because you can make an argument to just keep Chambers and Cedric at right back and get rid of Bellerin. You can make an argument that Cedric covers the left back slot. Uh, I think Matt Ryan is probably a done deal. He's got a year left on his contract and Brighton don't want him. So I don't think we really need to involve that in the conversation. Uh, right centre back. I think you can make an argument to just start Rob Holding and Gabrielle and then bring Saliba in as, as the cover. Whereas I think these first three moves would so drastically improve us that we would almost be a completely different team if we got in a centre. Get off the fence. I would say striker first, purely because I think we are so hamstrung in that final area and in that final part of the pitch because we don't have somebody who is good enough in that centre forward role to play both styles that we need in Lacazette. I will I will uh allow that. <laughs> you will allow it. We're we're down the aisles of Tesco and you've just picked up the chicken, not the not the uh not, not the, the turkey. And uh I'll let you do it. We'll have Thanks, some beef man. in a minute, let me tell you. Um third is attacking midfield. Third attacking midfield, yeah. Yeah. So then we've got to choose from our last two positions for a right centre-back, a right back, a left back and a goalkeeper. I, I Honestly, I do think we can take goalkeeper off the table because I think it's done. I, I think we know that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think it's... I think it's... Obviously, it's vital because Runison has Chris Packett for hand. But like... <laughs> but also, if it was Leno... I don't know. If it was Leno, like Carl Hine, who plays for Estonia, like it's not... He's he's a young. We got Arthur Aquanqua as well. Never say that again. Never say who plays what? for Estonia. Yeah, but he's an international goalkeeper. What are you fucking down at London Chiswick? Would you- <laughs> five aside? <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think goalkeeper is the most important. I think it will get okay. sorted. So um, who's fourth? I I I am gonna stick up for myself and go right back. I think the difference we'd feel would be unbelievable. People might think Bellerin's fine for another season; he's a bit inconsistent. But trust me, the 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 thing we feel in build up, not having someone who has again one pass and inside person who can overlap, yeah. create the triangles, arrive at the right time, not be too early constantly or too late constantly. Having a right back would be there. That's my number four. You happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that because I th- I think we're now in in the kind of area where it's we want this to get done, but there are arguments that can be made that if the first three get done, we can put up with a hamstrung right back, a hamstrung. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for the, yeah. for one more season yeah. to get this build going. Okay, and finally, got to choose between well, five and six. Goalkeeper seventh. Let's say you know whatever. Uh, yeah. Fuck the rules. But uh, <laughs> I said. Um, Who's sixth and who's seventh? Uh, who's uh, fifth and sixth? I think, I think we should opt for. I think left back. It has to be a left back. We don't no, have a left back because we've got one left back. But Cedric we have one can play left back. there. Also, Kalasnach might Cedric come back, mate. In- yeah, uh, yeah, but it's a can't kick a football. No, he's shit. Except I know he's shit, but also, like, we literally have. David Louise and Rob Holding. And then Rob Holding's fine, but like, I think we'd feel a huge... If we took advantage of it, if we... Look at me like this. Like, if like, it's John Stones, yeah. Look at it like but this. But if it's fucking... There's some huge kind of Gareth Bale-esque... Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, domino effect, right? And mm. we get someone like a Ramos or a Stones. You're taking it, aren't you? Oh, 100%, of course. If, if Again, it just talks to quality. If you're talking about John Stones, of course, because I think he would be a massive upgrade on what we've got. Can I just say, I know Ramos isn't coming yeah. to Arsenal. I'm not deluded. <laughs> I know I keep using it as an example. I'm just saying, like, someone like that. Um, I just think that if you talk about, like... And also, this depends on... We could have Maitland-Niles coming back to yeah, play... left-back as well. You know, so maybe... Maybe we put centre back first. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Go centre on. mid. Number two, centre forward. Number three, attacking midfielder. Number four, uh, right back. Number five, centre back. Number six, young left back. And number seven, backup Matty goalkeeper. Matty Ryan. Matty Ryan. Okay. Well, that was a successful shopping trip, Brad. Yeah. We didn't kill each other. You were no. doing that I've thing got- on the uh, on the on the trolley where you like jump on it and like let it like throw you down the aisle 
<laughs> do you doing that when you were a kid? It's not much fun. Oh, thing, mate. When I was a kid, I still do it now. Love exactly. It. We were going to do a whole... Actually, let's fucking do it. Who cares? Let's just do it quickly. Um, do it. I'm going to get up Arsenal's fixtures. Yeah. Um, and let's just predict, and then let's come back to the end of the season. We also do have... Um, our predictions from the episode with Gunnar Punner at the very beginning of the season, which we should come back to at some point. Um, come so, back to that at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah we'll come back to the end of the season. about how deluded we were. I said Arsenal will be fourth. <laughs> uh, oh, but to be fair, since Christmas, we've performed, as, we've performed as the third best team in the league since Christmas. So we're just yeah. paying for three months of being absolute donkeys. Uh, okay, we'll just do Premier League because we're going to win the Europa League. So that's a done deal. Um Arsenal against Liverpool. Uh, Arsenal at home. Just say Ooh. win, lose, or draw. We don't need don't need a three out play. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be confident and say draw. I'm gonna be confident and say win. Oh, um, what, what, wait, because I'm I'm tot- I'm totting up the points. What do I put? How many points you get for a win? Should I breath? go three? No, but as in what, <laughs> we've we've said opposite things, Alex. <laughs> put no, put me three and you one, and then we'll just see how many we'll add it to our current All right. current um wait. Standing. Brad. Let's draw a line down the fucking middle. <laughs> Alright, so Alex three, me one. Alright, next tier game. this. Top um, tier shit. Top tier shit. Sheffield United against Arsenal. That's three points. Yeah, three points away. They they I think we might relegate them, you know. Um Oh, that'll be spicy. Yeah. Uh Arsenal at home against Fulham. That three is points. on a Sunday after we get back from a quarter final, but I think we should be okay. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say three points. I realize I'm saying three I'd points say three for three points. games in a row, but I do think I do think we're gonna win all those three games. I'm so deluded. It's unbelievable. Chat, me chat about Ramos. Shut up, Alex. Um, Arsenal at home against Everton. Depends if they've got certain players back. I think we'll it could draw. be three points. It could be a draw. So I'd say a draw I as well. We'll so draw one that point. Game. All um, right. Arsenal Newcastle's a win. Arsenal Newcastle on Saturday the first of May, three PM. We're away. I think that's the sort of game we'd slip up in. That's a fucking win. Nah, it's a win. Especially against Bruce couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery with two hands a map and a Sherpa guide for Christ's sake. I think that's definitely going at the beginning of the episode. Um <laughs> those that is my fate honestly that is my favorite moment like to, when i first click on to just wait and see what you've put at the beginning is that it? it's what you listen to um oh, man, then, I love it. uh saturday the first of may yeah i'm gonna go for a loss against newcastle sorry sorry team um arsenal at home against west brom should win wait, that wait, they'll wait, be down wait, by that wait, point I need to put the points. all right so arsenal at west brom i think that's a win I think, sorry, to clarify, I think we'll lose against Newcastle. I think we'll win against yeah, West Brom. Yeah, I know, I've Brom. not put any... I don't, so, that's one, two... We're then away at Chelsea, which I think we'll draw. Yeah, I think we'll I draw that. Uh, then we're away at Palace. I mean, that's one of those games that who fucking knows. Yeah, I, I reckon that's a draw. That could easily be a draw. Yeah, I think that's going to be a draw away at Palace. Another draw. And then um, Brighton last day of the season. Brighton I think. on the last day of the season. Th- oh, it all depends on if if their lives are on the line. They could. I'm going to go for a win. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go for a win season. as well. I think it'll be a tough game, but I think we'll win. We we normally win last game of the season for some reason. Like, okay. I rarely remember finishing a season going. Hmm. Top them all up, Brad. I've got us getting 22 points from the final games of the season. You've got us getting 21. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, so that, pretty similar. That, follows. Um, that so would leave us one, on... One, two, three, four... Five, 64 six. for you and 63 for me. And that's from a possible 27. So I think we'll get 22 from 27. You think we'll get 21 from 27. I think we'll finish sixth. Let me just look at the lead table. It all depends. It really all depends no, on doesn't depend on anything. if the meltdown if the meltdown continues. I reckon we the, uh, we could finish sixth. I reckon we'll finish seventh or eighth because I just think 
Liverpool are getting back to it. Just make huge sweeping generalizations. Come on, Brad. I I reckon we'll finish seventh. 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 Okay. So you got us having more points, but we're going to be seventh. Yeah, because I just don't see us finishing above Leicester, Chelsea, West Ham or Liverpool. Well, ye of little faith, Brad. I reckon Tottenham will finish like 19th. I hope they finish 22nd. I hope they invent a new position in the league for, for Tottenham to finish. I love them to just if Tottenham finished where Tottenham finished. There's just there, there's yeah. no position every every year. They just they're in the league. That's it. They oh, play, just, but I can't wait. Their wait when is the count. when is the Car- when is the Carabao Cup final? You mean the day Jose Mourinho leaves the club? Yeah. When is it? Oh, it's the 25th of April. I can't wait. Um, Just before we finish, uh, we should come to some really, really sad news from today. Uh, Claude Caligari, as in Claude from AFTV, has unfortunately lost his life. Um, It's really sad. Um, I mean, the main message of this is check on your mates. We're not going to get into the politics of that because... Frankly, we don't know. It's pointless. I think yeah. uh, I would encourage, I doubt people who do this listen to this kind of content, but if you are um, abusing Robbie on Arsenal Fan TV, please stop. Please don't. Um, because yeah, I'm sure he's not... grieving the loss of his friend and who knows what he did to, to look after Claude after the um, the incident. But listen, it's really sad. A man's lost his life. That's the most important thing. Um, best wishes to his family. Um, yeah, very sad news. Bradley, Alex, a pleasure as always. We're going to have a little always. preview pod out for you with our friend Andy, who you might remember um, did uh, our Christmas quiz. So we have a little Liverpool preview pod and then the normal podcast will be back after the Liverpool game with Brad swearing and ranting because he's gone, David Luiz! Because um, David Luiz has forgotten which way he's kicking the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, I wonder why you guys were going that way. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Pleasure as always, my friend. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to us. Go shopping and we will see you guys later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.